Media Fushi Media Fushi Media Hello friends, family nerds and film enthusiasts. Welcome to episode 3 of Media Zushi, R24's podcast where we discuss one of our favorite things. Yes. Films. Films. Movies, movies. TV, television. Um, today, it's just Gordy and I. Uh, mm-hmm. Good old Jake Sasquatch is uh, doing some stuff. But um, we're going to talk to you about three very special things. Oh, yeah. Um, first of all, let's just uh, get some introductions out of the way. Gordy, what have yeah. you been watching? Anything? What have I been watching? I don't know. I know it's not Stranger Things Season 2, you goddamn <laughs> communist. No, uh, no. no. <laughs> um I haven't been watching a whole lot of anything. The only thing like I'm frequenting consistently is uh, Westworld. Yeah, motherfucker. Yeah. Westworld. Hell yeah. I'm super stoked on it. Are oh, you yeah. into season two this year? Uh, it's I'm warming up to it, mm-hmm. especially after the last episode. Yeah. So it started off like slow for me. I was like, eh, eh. <laughs> but then as we started ramping up yeah. and then, um, we get to Shogun World. Yeah. And like, as of spoiler rec- alert. In well, fact, as of we're recording this, this would have been two Sundays yeah, ago. Yeah, it's so, a while back. Um, full disclosure here. This is th- a spoiler cast. This, it, the whole episode today and mm-hmm. most episodes, they are spoilers galore. Mm-hmm. Uh, two of these movies have been out for a little while. So, like, you, if you haven't seen them yet, that's your own damn fault. Um, yep. One of them just came out this weekend as we're recording it. But we're, we're, we've got a lot to talk about, so we're, we're not going to hold back. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to say that I've been watching. On Netflix is that show I told you about a ways back, The Toys That Made Us. The Toys That Made that, Us. Well, is that just an ongoing out. series? Yeah, they just came out with season oh, two. Oh, right on. Um, and they're always, the season's are only four episodes each, but the first season's got G.I. Joe, Star Wars, He-Man. The second season's got Lego, Star Trek, uh, Transformers, and shit. Um, oh. But I want to watch them with you. So, But they're very well done, quirky documentaries about toy lines we grew up with. That's awesome. Um, so I, you'll really enjoy them. So we should watch those in the coming Absolutely. weeks. Absolutely. But that's, um, you know, I've been watching Westworld, enjoying it, um, but that's, that's not why we're here. No. Let's no, get into not. our topics, because we got a lot to cover. We so do. The first thing, um, we're catching up a little bit, because we haven't had an episode in, a, in about a couple months here, so, uh, but Infinity War. Infinity War. <sighs> we saw it. We did see it. Um, let's talk about what we enjoyed. What? Which okay, so for, we, we go on with the, uh, the positive. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, so the, the, the first thing, what I enjoyed was uh, almost the whole fucking thing. It uh-huh. was the first. It's something interesting happened for me with Avengers: Infinity War. I like Marvel movies. Yeah. I uh, We go see all of them, and they're always just fine for me. Okay. Um, comic wise, I'm a, I was always a bit more of a DC person in the sense that Batman just does it for me, yeah. and in the whole Batman universe, I consume. In large amounts because I love it. Yeah. I like X-Men. I've always been a fan of them, but I never read the comics a whole lot. Um, I'm a real casual Marvel fan. And I was always that way with the MCU. Watch the movies. I'm like, oh, cool. Uh, it's Iron Man. It's Spider-Man. I, I like really uh, really like Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And But I was always just like, oh, these are fine movies. They're yeah. fun movies. But with Infinity War, something happened. We watched it 
And something clicked in my mind where I was like, holy fuck, I really like Marvel right now. <laughs> and so I, then I started reading Marvel comics. I've been buying all the Marvel's Legends figures. Yep. Like a lot of them. <laughs> a lot of and them. And now I'm, a pile like, over I'm there. like full-fledged. I think I'm like a huge Marvel fan. I yeah. can't stop reading the comics. I'm just going through all these different arcs and just digging in the fuck in. And I attribute that to Infinity War. That yeah. triggered something in me where I really enjoyed Marvel, it just clicked. After he snapped 10, his fingers, and you're just—it all changed. This guy, <laughs> yeah, it all changed. It all just really clicked into place for me. After ten years, I'm like, oh shit! I bought all of the Marvel movies, and I've been watching the MCU from the start, uh, the chronological start with Captain America. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just like <laughs> sucking its fucking thing. I'm—I love Marvel, and the the Infinity War did that. So because of that, I love the movie. Um, oh. There's other reasons why I like it cinematically and for film reasons, but. Movies we attribute to personal reasonings, and this yeah. did a huge personal thing for me in terms of a uh, interest that I had been trying to cultivate that is now full fledged. Yeah. So um, that's, that's my first. Very cool. That's my first gut reaction. Yeah. You go. Super excited that about that for you, because yeah. um, that will give us more to talk about. Yeah. Uh, now and, maybe we and, can you know, full, we can do media or we can do uh, zero <laughs> zero issue. issue and stuff like that as we dig into comics again, um, old school style. So. Uh, Infinity Wars for me was is cool. I like how the they don't follow the comic books exactly in the Marvel MCU. It's its own thing. Uh-huh. I love that. I love it. Yeah, it's, don't it's, try and make things exactly exactly. One to one. They're not. It's, it's not like idea. oh, here's the stories you already know and love. You know, beat for beat. This is a reimagining of it. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. cool. It's, it's cool. very cool. So as far as Infinity War goes, what it means to me, I love it. I think it's the ultimate. Progression of the MCU. My favorite part is from which Robert Downey Jr. Uh, pointed out in an interview where they're like, "Why is MCU so uh, successful?" And he said, basically, um, they honor the characters, the source material. Um, they uh, they listen to the fans, and you know they grow with that with the community. They're tr- so the fanfare means a lot to them, and we saw that in this movie. There was improvements that directly correlate to fan outcry. And that's that's just it. Yeah. And it's super evident. I think actually starting back with Spider-Man, mm-hmm. because there was a lot of stuff with the Marvel movies that we were always very critical of. Like, obviously, for one, and this is a big thing for everyone, the villains. Marvel yeah. has had a villain problem where they just have been real weak points in the movie. The Marvel villains have been the weak link in their films for a great amount of time. Yeah. I think that they really started to address that issue and started to fix it with Spider-Man Homecoming because I think that Michael Keaton was a great vulture. Yes. He was relatable because he was, like we were discussing, he's an everyday man. He's just a dude yeah. trying to provide for his family. And it gives him depth and complexities that were yeah. made him a really great villain because that's what makes a good villain is like, when you can see it from the villain's point of view, yeah. then you have a complexity within yourself while you're watching the film that makes it all that much more better because it creates um, a nice tension and drama to see your protagonist and the antagonist fighting for a similar cause, but from the opposite ends of the spectrum, yeah. which makes good. So they did a great job with that. And I think that they did a pretty good job with Killmonger and Black Panther. Yeah. I didn't fucking fillet... Black Panther, like the rest of the United States, did. Yeah, I yeah. think it was a fine Nancy movie. Uh, I think the best part of it, though, was its villain. I think yeah, that um, Michael B. Jordan did a really great job with him. I actually liked him as a character. Mm-hmm. I think that parts of his um, direction were a bit rushed, but to be expected when you only have like 
25 minutes of screen time to work with. Yeah. Uh, but I think he did a good job. And I was like, cool. But nothing compares to what they did with Thanos. He oh, was yeah. such an excellent character. And I was like, okay, all right, Marvels. Thank you for finally giving me a villain I can sink my teeth into who effectively wins. Yeah. He, it's a down. It's a Empire Strikes Back ending all the way. Absolutely. And maybe that's another reason why I enjoy it so much because it reminds me of the greatest movie of all time. I think um, for me, yeah, absolutely. I think I liked, like you were saying with those other two villains, they were every man people and you and you know when you have a hero they start as an everyman right and then they um go through a trial and you know some people they go bad some people they go good and that's it's cool to see the villains come from that but thanos thanos was uh, a similar phenomenon he was a complex character but there was a little bit of mis- they did explain a tiny bit of his past but they didn't go into it deep there mm-hmm. was some mysterious quality to his character still yeah. even at the end of it I don't know how they did it, but I loved Thanos. He was the main character in the movie. They he followed was. He him. was. It's it's weird because they found this interesting line of Thanos being the antagonist, obviously, mm-hmm. but also simultaneously being the protagonist in his own yeah. weird genocidal way. Yeah. Um, now th- that's just to say, obviously, there's this movie is of course not without its flaws. Every piece of art and film has its flaws. Yeah. Uh, of course, like if he's so concerned about it. Snap your fingers and give everyone fucking <laughs> double resources. I yeah, don't know. Get, like, everybody gets a Big Mac. You get a Big Mac. Yeah, you get, you a, get Mac. a Big Mac. You get a Big Mac. Um, so it's like, okay, fine. Um, so be it. Also, it's like you get the stone and you're so upset about Gamora. Yeah. Fucking snag that time stone and just bring, bring her back. back. It's yeah, like, yeah. Um, so there's, of course, a lot of plot holes that you just kind of have to just... Just whatever, you know, because it's still a movie. I think like, and the, the, uh, this is based off of, or roughly inspired by the original comics, the Thanos quest and the tie-ins that lead up to it. Uh, And when these comics were written, you know, and they cut out Lady Death. Yeah. uh, yeah. But in terms of Thanos... Uh, overcrowding because you just read the Infinity Gauntlet or are in the process I'm, of right, so you I'm have in, like a fresh mind on the matter. Yeah, well, I'm I'm reading um, everything, all of the tie-ins, w- anything Infinity Stone as far back as uh, uh, Captain Marvel uh, number fifteen. I mean, I'm going way back. A lot of Silver Surfer, anything mm-hmm. with Thanos, and uh, refreshing myself, reading stuff I've never even seen. But when these were written, like overcrowding was like a legit fear. We didn't have like a base of information where everybody knew that it was not something we need to worry about. Yeah. Uh, So like a lot of the fundamental ideas are very fanciful and just don't take them too seriously. This isn't a movie for deep thinkers. No, for sure. I mean, at the end of the day, it's um a... it's a Marvel movie where yeah. you're there to watch some superheroes kick some ass. Just kick some ass, yeah. exactly. So, I mean, sure. Uh, I'll buy it, Thanos. That's fine. Do you do what you got to do. Do what you got to do, <laughs> Thanos. Um, but props to Josh Brolin for really oh, bringing a life to a character that I didn't know that I needed until I saw the movie. I was yeah. like, it's weird because it's like when in terms of cinematic villains, there's been great cinematic villains. There's obviously nothing ever compared to Darth Vader and things like that. But there is now I consider Thanos to be up in the ranking of a classic film villain. And mm-hmm. that was thanks uh, all in part to Josh Brolin's performance. Yeah. Really just knocked it out of the water. What a great year for Josh Brolin. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, he's kicking ass. Yeah, he's kicking a lot of ass. Um, taking names. And, and we'll, of course, we'll talk about it in the next subject, but it's interesting to j- see Josh Brolin, who's got two different uh, cinematic roles in mm-hmm. two different quote-unquote Marvel movies that are in two different Marvel universes that are competing each other with each other in the box office yeah. and both doing extremely well. Yeah. It's really got to be a strange place for him to be in. And it's actually a really strange place for us as film goers yeah. to see because it's like they really got to figure that shit out. Oh, yeah. And we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Um, but, um, yeah, the villain problem solved for Marvel, I think. And I think that's in part to yeah. why Infinity War was the best. Uh, but what is next? Because... We know at the end of Infinity War, Thanos gets all the gems, or the stones, as they're called in this, snaps his finger, half of all of humanity and life on the universe. Mm -hmm. Oh, I don't feel so good, Mr. Stark. Fades away. (laughs) Um, And also, Mm -hmm. this is another reason beef we had with Marvel movies is they always cut the drama and tension with humor. It yes. always was always struck us weird. We're like, yeah. why would you make a crack a joke there? It's like supposed yeah. to be a fucking deep part. Yeah. And they, I think addressed that in this where that whole ending sequence when people are starting to disappear, while it doesn't have the weight that it should, because we all know that's going to be rectified. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We all know they're going to come back in some way or another. You can't announce guardians of the galaxy three and then yeah. kill off half the guardians of the galaxy well, and not know that they're going to come back. It's like, Come on. Exactly. I mean, but even if you didn't know about those movies, like you could like basically Photoshop stacks of money, like disappearing, uh, if, if that was, you know, the case. So yeah, yeah we all know yeah. people are coming back. Yeah. But the moment, the one part that just destroyed everybody mm-hmm. was when Peter Parker starts to disintegrate into thin air Oh God, yeah. in Tony's arms. And it was like, fuck, that yeah. was like, that's the kind of, um, emotional, Intensity that I want from these movies. Absolutely. And thank you for giving it to me. I know uh, Spider Man's coming back. Spider Man 2 has been announced yeah. it's coming. So he'll they'll work it out in the next movie. So you know there's no finality to it. Maybe. Well, you got some thoughts there? Well, okay. I, I really think it's going to be, I can't remember his name. So I'm just going to sum it up. The black Spider Man that can stun people, mm. which would, I'd be super excited to yeah, see personally. Um, I can't think of his name, the character's I, name. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but they did allude to his existence in yeah. Spider Man Homecoming with uh, Daniel, Donald Glover. Yeah. Um, so not him, but his, he was talking about his nephew, which is that character. Yeah. So yeah, maybe, maybe. that's an interesting point uh, that, that does fall into what's next. So you think that, do you think that then there is some finality in this? Um, I don't know. In what, how do you think they'll some, wrap this up in part two? I don't think that the mass calling, uh, not calling the mass disappearance of characters. I, I don't, I will be very disappointed if they get the gauntlet and all they have to do is snap their fingers and undo everything. I want it to be a process of pulling people back. I don't want the next movie to take place directly after this. I want it to be, uh, one, two, three, jump? five years in the future. Uh-huh. Um, and they, uh, I think that that would be more compelling story than just starting where we left off. And then everybody gets a free ticket, golden ticket to ride back to life. That would be disappointing to me. Yeah. Okay. I feel uh, that. I, um, read a theory mm-hmm. that interests me that, um, they would get the gauntlet, mm-hmm. um, Gamora and not Gamora, um, She's not doing a whole no, lot what, of anything. What's her sister's name? <laughs> oh, uh, I can't Nebula, remember. Nebula. Nebula, thank you. Then Nebula will get the gauntlet because I think that's what happens in the comics. And mm-hmm. they will use it to, I can't remember what the full theory was, but they will use it to find an alternate dimension that has where the other half of people disappeared. 
mm-hmm. and then they will bridge the dimensions together so each half is now back together. Mm-hmm. Which I would be all for because one that will still give us the finality because that Earth Spider Man will still be dead, mm-hmm. so bringing the other dimension Spider Man in will still be dealing with the consequence that that other Spider Man died. Tony will still have had Spider Man die in his arms. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's an interesting theory to really keep the finality in check for what happened in Part One, but still happy ending it for part two could be, I don't know how the semantics of it would work, but um, yeah, it'd be cool. That would be cool. I, I, that would be really interesting as long as there's a process to it and it's not just everybody's back in play right away. Mm-hmm. Um, I do hope that we get to see some aftermath in other movies and then we deal with the aftermath in the next movie. Um, Without that, like magical, oh, it, because it's it's the same mechanism. It's the same psychology as, oh, this is a deep, dark part. You should be feeling something, but then we throw humor in and we alleviate the tension. I don't want that tension alleviated. I want a whole movie where I'm like, what's, you know, I yeah. want that process to unfold. Mm-hmm. Well, we also know that Brie Larson's Captain Marvel is coming out uh, mm. soon. Yeah. Soon-ish. Um, what role do you think she'll play? She was obviously alluded to at the post credit sequence in uh, Infinity War where yeah. um, Samuel Jackson motherfuckers is away out of existence and then drops the pager where he's calling Captain Marvel. Yeah. Marvel's going to be a... This is going to be an origin story with Captain Marvel and then her well, taking Captain on the, Marvel, ma- the mantle. Captain Marvel, yeah, absolutely. But the, the movie takes place in the 90s, which yeah, BT yeah. dubs I'm super stoked on. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but uh, a lot of people think it's going to deal with the Skrull. Um, yeah. the secret, yeah. secret invasion, um, or allude to it or because, allude to it. Yeah. To maybe be, cause you need the Avengers to have the secret true. invasion. Yeah, so maybe the secret invasion will be the next thing that the Avengers deal with. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think so. A lot of people think it might have to do with the scroll. Um, I'm actually really excited to see what they do with Captain Marvel. I knew nothing of Captain Marvel prior to this. Still mm-hmm. don't know a lot about her, but what I do know is she's the most powerful of all of the Avengers and mutants okay. um, in the, in the comics. So obviously by paging her and then by tying that in, her movie's going to establish her as this ridiculously OP character. Yeah. Probably the only one that could easily defeat Thanos. So okay. is what I think will probably play into part two. That sounds reasonable. I'm, yeah. I'm on board with you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm excited about it. I, uh, I wonder if the thing I'm looking forward to with her movie uh, and these other movies, I want to see some tie-in characters uh, development. So what I, I want to see is some characters being introduced in her movie that will play a part besides her in, you know, this coming back. I expected to see, you know, some top-level characters be introduced, like maybe Silver Surfer and and, mm. uh, and a couple others, and yeah. maybe Nova working his way in. Uh, and I didn't see any of that. And I'm not disappointed. I thought the movie was brilliant. Well, but we don't know what Phase 4 has in store. Yeah, we could exactly. still see those things. Um, still really hoping for somehow, some way, a MCU version of X-Men. Absolutely. I'm ready for it. And <sighs> I, I don't, don't think we're going to see it, though. Do you, do you need an origin or do you just want to jump right in? I think they treat it just like Spider-Man, where we origins established. We don't yeah. need it. Just yeah. jump right in to them existing. But the problem is, is we've still got the Dark Phoenix movie that is mm-hmm. still coming out. God. Just with the, let with it this, die. With this new fucked up timeline and the the Fox version of X-Men that makes no sense. 
Um, that's still happening. It's filmed. It's in post-production now. It's coming out. So the fact that that's still coming out, you need at least a couple of years between movies for the transition in an audience yeah. mind, like we had with Amazing Spider-Man 2, then we had a few years, and then we had Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. You can't just come out with an X-Men movie and in the next year have a reboot of X-Men. It's just I, not going to work agree. for consumers. I have so, a message for Fox. They're going to be listening and yes, watching. Yes, Fox for is sure. watching. <laughs> Let the past die. Kill it if you have to. Seriously. You're a funny guy. Um, you're a funny guy. Uh, yeah, so I don't, as much as I want to see X-Men, I don't think we will because they're still trying to fucking yeah. polish goddamn turds up yeah. in that bitch. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I, I, I'm ready for an X-Men, but Not like to mention, said, we just saw, we just saw those point. X-Men's. Yeah. In Deadpool, albeit for four for seconds. A bit. Well, I was talking to my brother and he made, maybe it was you or maybe it was my brother. I don't, I don't know who it is, but they, uh, someone said that scene was interesting. He, he, pon- he wondered if there was a certain finality to that. If it was like the X-Men saying goodbye and shutting the door. Mm. Um, like we would like that to be, yeah, but it's not, yeah. that's not uh, how it's going to be, especially when they've got another movie coming out. Yeah, they're not just going to pretend this movie doesn't exist. It's going to come out. They're going to market the snot out of it and try to squeeze every dollar they have out of it before mm-hmm. whatever paperwork gets signed for Fox to be. The thing that bothers me about it is that it's the Phoenix saga, which are going to, it's going to be awful. That's what I want to see the MCU do. I want to see mm-hmm. and it's X-Men funny because in space. They've already done the Phoenix saga yeah. once before and yeah. failed at God. it. And now they're doing it again. Yeah. And it's going to be a bad movie. Uh, there's no doubt about it. You cannot convince me that these will be a good movie. They have not made a good X-Men movie in them ever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was a time when I thought the X-Men movies were dope yeah. because I had no frame of reference to the MCU. To what they could be. Now I see what they could be and mm-hmm. what they can do with these characters and what these characters can be like when you're, they're absolutely true to the source materials. And now when I look back on the movies, they're awful. The yeah. fucking X-Men, X-Men, X2 United, and X3, of course, has always oh, been terrible. God. And even First Class and all these new rebooted timeline movies that don't make sense Time wise, yeah. uh, I don't. There's no they're not good. Apocalypse was goddamn terrible. Completely uh, it terrible. It was rough. It was um, the only to make it the through. only shining point in there was uh, Logan yep. and um, Wolverine. Yeah, he was the best part of those movies, Absolutely. even though he himself has stumbled, like with uh, origins and stuff. <sighs> um, but thankfully, Ryan Reynolds cleaned up yeah, that timeline. He, he did. Yep. Thank <laughs> uh, God talk, for time. We'll travel. talk about that. But um, there's a. Uh, Logan's now that was a 2016 movie. He's been dead yeah. now. So they could effectively probably by 2019 reintroduce the Wolverine character and audiences be okay with it. Yeah. You know, it'll get people had time to grieve. Um, the, the, uh, what's his name? Wolverine? No, the guy, the actor. Oh, Jack Human. Or Hugh Jackman. (laughs) (laughs) He is a human. Yes, he is a human. Okay, so Hugh Jackman, people have had time to mourn him hanging up the mantle, Mm -hmm. and maybe he'll be more accepting of someone that will be like, oh, fuck yeah, this is totally Wolverine. Yeah. Once you see whatever Marvel uh, Studios picks for Wolverine casting-wise, that's the thing is they nail casting. They always have. Dude, yeah. They nail casting. Mm-hmm. So whoever they pick to be will be we'll see it. It will be like, oh, Hugh Jackman sucks. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's yeah. how it's gonna be. But I so I think but I think we've got a lot of time before we see that, which sucks. Okay. Gotcha. Um, however, 
while Fox shits on their version of the X-Men and things, they do do R-rated superhero movies very well. Yes. Um, so Logan oh, yeah. was fantastic. Deadpool was fantastic. Deadpool 2 just came out last week at the time of filming this, and we've seen it. I've seen it twice now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great. It's fantastic. really fantastic. It's just <laughs> excellent. And yeah. there's problems with it being excellent, and we'll talk about those. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, let's talk about Deadpool now. Let's shift over. Okay. Deadpool it is. Um, um, let's talk about where I think the problems are going to lie since we're in the middle of discussing this. Yeah, yeah. Because Deadpool is so is, is the best thing that Fox has going for them in terms of superhero movies. Absolutely. Because like, we know Venom is going to suck hard, even though it's going to be ready to R. I just, it's just not going to work. It's yeah. not going to work because... We have such a well-established Spider-Man universe with the MCU. Mm-hmm. You it doesn't even make sense to me. How can you have the Venom? Be like, who's Venom? Who is in the Spider-Man universe, but not in the MCU Spider-Man universe? Like, why are they trying to confuse fucking casual moviegoers as much as possible? It's it completely baffling. I don't. It will never make sense to me. The movie's gonna fucking suck dick because it's gonna have. Oh, that's Sony. That's fucking yeah. Sony. That's not even Fox. That's, that's not fucking even Sony. Fox. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, everybody's too many cooks in the kitchen with these Absolutely. rights, with these rights. Perfect but anyway, way to put it. But Deadpool is great. And the problem is, is it's so great that also it's not in the same universe as the MCU. Colossus is an excellent X-Man. Mm-hmm. He's almost an MCU-ish X-Men. Mm-hmm. He's what you would expect Marvel Studios to do with a Colossus character. Yeah, yeah. Um, and now we have that problem is it's still two different studios. Now, of course, Disney's bought Fox, so they could work it in to the MCU. But yeah. now where it's like, how will you take this already successful, wonderful Deadpool iteration and not change it and work it into a new X-Men universe in the MCU eventually with it working se- seamlessly with the rest of your movies? And the confusion is too much for my mind to bear. Uh, my opinion? Based on, and this is based on Star Wars, uh, the the way that they cut ties with with the extended universe, there's no way that they're not going to cut all ties. Ryan Reynolds actor, they can't have him, they can't pull him back in. They they probably won't even revisit Deadpool as a character unless it's in the distant future. But that's the thing is Deadpool is such a successful movie. Mm -hmm. But the format is what's successful. Ryan Reynolds... I know, but there's no way that they wouldn't want to capitalize on subsequent sequels. But you think even they're if just going to say no to those money bags? Just yeah, I do. do? I think that it's too it's too uh, like it's anathema to the formula that the MCU runs on to the formula that uh, Disney runs on. Disney, while embracing you know some new ideologies and concepts, are not going to embrace this really raunchy, nasty humor. I just don't see it. Mm, no, you're probably right. Uh, and then confusing everyone and like making a connection between the old movies and the new ones by casting Ryan Reynolds in there. And I just it don't see it. It would be crazy. And you're probably so right. Confusing. There would be no way to tie an R rating into the MCU. Yeah. Especially here's where it would be extremely confusing is yeah. say they do. And you've got Tony Stark, you know, Robert Downey Jr., these serious moments that have been established now for 10 years and over nearing 20 plus movies, Mm -hmm. they introduce Deadpool and he starts breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. It'd be very strange. That would not work. So it would be like, wait, what? (laughs) That's like an entirely different branch of humor. Yeah. Um, 
so I think you're probably right. I think that they'll will steer clear from Deadpool in the MCU. But then how will they continue to make Deadpool movies and just have this weird other version of X-Men running around? It just doesn't. You think they'll they'll capitalize on Deadpool? Because what we have here is we still have an incredibly dense pile of characters to pull on. Um, I, I just there's the Deadpool, Deadpool one and Deadpool two has made so much money. I can't imagine that they wouldn't make a Deadpool three. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I I I don't know. I don't know. It depends. Yeah. Did they buy? Do they own Deadpool? Well, they own Fox's um, IPs. Okay. Which, They're just so, on loan. Like they own like Simpsons and stuff now. They, I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong because I know there's a lot of intricacies here, but I'm pretty sure they own um, Deadpool now. Okay. Somehow. Yeah. I, maybe they'll choose to do it, but their best bet would be to, if they're going to put X-Men off that far, mm-hmm. then there's no reason. I mean, those movies make they could, good cash. They could continue to do Deadpool and just not incorporate X-Men yeah, anymore. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. That's they possible. Could, I guess. I don't know. It's I, The whole thing really fucks up me when I try to think yeah, about the different too. universes. It's like, just stop being bitches and just let go. Let combine things. Let the people who do it right just take a chunk. Well, yeah. it doesn't matter now because now they own Fox. They can fucking do anything they want. Yeah. All they got to do is buy like a couple more studios and everything will be a Disney movie. Yeah, it'll be all <laughs> um, Disney. Anyway, but let's talk about the Deadpool. What um what did you what stuck out to you? What did you love? Uh, it was just really funny. Um, I uh, I know I'm jumping ahead, but my favorite thing about the movie was the end, the closing credit uh, or oh, post credit no, scene. It's a, the, absolutely the best part of the movie, hands down. Um, uh, shit, did you? What did you think when you saw like the fucking door opening? And it was freaking. Uh, it was Deadpool from X Men Origins. Yeah. Oh my god! I was my heart was <laughs> singing. I wanted to stand up and clap my hands. Yeah. Okay. So I want to know your because I knew it was coming because I read yeah. about it before, but I like you had no idea. Uh, yeah, look, I basically wanted to stand up and give like a standing <laughs> ovation. Um, I the, I could not be more thrilled. That was that was a new level of breaking awareness. Um, that I just I loved it, mm-hmm. uh, and it was really satisfying. And he did not stop shooting. He shot. He just kept on I know. shooting. He's like, I'm just cleaning up yeah. timelines. Yeah. Oh god. And then he kills Ryan Reynolds yeah. before he reads the Green. That's <laughs> why they want their ring back. Warner Brothers is. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. It was. It was fantastic. Yeah. Um, hands down, the best post credit sequence of any superhero film of all time. Absolutely. Um, things that I enjoyed about Deadpool. Um, one, I really enjoyed Juggernaut. God, yes. He was just awesome. His um, theme song was amazing. <laughs> shit <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh not was fantastic also voiced by ryan reynolds which i yeah. think was funny um i did uh, uh the previous x-men movies their version of deadpool who was just the bullet tooth tony actor yeah or their version of uh i'm sorry juggernaut uh didn't ever resonate as cool to me juggernaut yeah. in my mind's eye uh was always just larger than life yeah with his cool helmet and we got that and it was excellent and he fucking ripped him in half dude and that was yeah. like probably one of my favorite mo- parts of the movie because for a while there i was concerned that it wasn't going to be as violent as i wanted it to be because like <laughs> in the beginning when he's montaging killing all those guys and he's like in that um Hong Kong room and he cuts off their hands and heads. Uh-huh. Like I was like, Oh, there's, I want more blood. Like there needs yeah. to be more blood. Uh, and then there, it just, I was like, thank, <laughs> thank There's my satisfaction. Thank God for, for juggernaut. Violence. Yeah. Um, so juggernaut was excellent. I really, 
really enjoyed a lot of the supporting cast. I thought Domino was fantastic. Dude, Domino was something awesome. about her was Brilliant. like just stupid sexy to me. Like yeah, I was yeah, like, she's a good her, looking woman. She's a good looking woman, and the way she was just portrayed was great. I love that they finally uh, made her a person of color because I know in the comics she's quite literally white as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I thought that was really cool. I, I'm not super familiar with the character, so I really dug her powers just being lucky and Dude, i love how yeah, they just being a badass i love how they just portrayed that in the film mm-hmm. with just different things um this vanisher i thought it was vanisher? an excellent uh, point of comedy f- when you just briefly see that it's uh, <laughs> it freaking brad pitt that was excellent yeah um but w- one of my favorite things uh, we never we didn't even discuss it. i think the movie had an excellent soundtrack um yeah a lot of 80s songs in there mm-hmm. so immediately i'm there Naturally. but i think that there's parts in the movie because I think surprisingly, the movie had a lot of heart that we've talked about it that did. it really didn't deserve to have given yeah. the, what kind of character Deadpool is. But I think that it was the right amount of like feelings, mm-hmm. you know, that he had, especially for uh, that his hottest fuck girlfriend that got yeah. killed. Um, but when at the end of the movie, when he dies and he's finally able to reunite with her yeah. and they're playing the acoustic version of Take On Me. Yeah. I was like, that really resurrects a certain amount of feels that I'm really enjoying right now. Oh, like yeah. it was very emotional. Like just that the song, I was like, this, the soundtrack is great. Cause that's what soundtrack mm-hmm. should do is elicit songs, or emotions, especially with the juggernaut. <laughs> Excellent. Tyler Bates killed it. Putting together the songs and the soundtrack. Uh, really good. Really good. Soundtrack stuff. was on. It was guardians of the galaxy. Good. I think. Yeah. Um, call uh, me cray cray. It was appropriate. Like, you know, guardians hit the notes just right with their music. And I think Deadpool did too. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, I really, I really enjoyed Deadpool. The the humor was spot on. Uh, what did you think of the legs? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so effects wise, baby leg moment was probably the, the worst, worst in terms of CG. Yeah, but it was, but it was totally fine because it was. <laughs> the The problem is, is like they ran into the issue where they were reusing jokes. Yeah, uh, there I noticed on my second viewing, there was a lot of stuff. Because we watched it the first time last week, and then I rewatched the first movie, and then I saw it again yesterday, and I was like, "Oh, they're like rehashing jokes." Yeah. Um, but they were. Fu- it was like fine, you know. It was like mm-hmm. funny. But like the beginning of the first Deadpool, with the credits, um, written by the real heroes here, you know, and shit like yeah. that. And then in this movie, they kill a girlfriend, and it's like written by the real villains. So it's like. The same jokes, but slightly different. Yeah. Um, and so baby hand is now baby legs with yeah. baby dick, <laughs> yeah. shirt cocking it. Yeah. Um, but it was very funny. It was still fine. Um, let's talk about Josh Bolin as Cable. Oh, I loved him. I thought he it was great. was really good. Yeah. Um, we knew Cable was coming from the post credit sequence of Deadpool 1. Mm-hmm. Not who I thought they would cast, uh, no. but I was totally all for it. They, they gave a nod to that. I know. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> Very small in terms of comic Deadpool or uh, Cable. Cable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I Josh Brolin knocking yeah. it out of the park. He was great. There was a couple parts in the movie that I thought were like just a bit too movie, too, too rushed. Movie? Like oh, gotcha. the end where yeah. they just, he's like, okay, I'm going to use my second thing to go back and save you. And then they montage that shit. They in mo- fact, they, they don't even quite montage they it. Don't, it's like but it's like montage. they go to the fast forward effect through it. Yeah. Um, but it was also just like Colossus is there once Deadpool's dying. Just fucking take his collar off, you know? Yeah. You don't yeah. got to use up your other thing. Uh, it's yeah. like just weird movie decisions that, um, the, actually, honestly, the one thing I wasn't really into was the kid. Um, 
the f- the kid from the, the New- Wilder Things movie, the the New Zealander kid, the oh, Fire Fist. Is that where he's from? He's from something the, else. The Wild Things, where yeah. the Wild Things roam. No, no, different, different oh, movie. Okay, um, I just I don't know. I wasn't into his performance. I wasn't into his character. Yeah, didn't do much for me. Yeah, um, same. Yeah, he was, fine, he was fine. I don't I don't dislike him. Um, I like how derpy the Fire Fist thing like <laughs> was. Yeah. And, um, yeah, no, I mean, th- there was likable moments of him, but um, I think he was the weakest link. <laughs> there was a few. There's some, that movie, though, it was funny. The whole comment with pedophiles with nurse shoes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I'm still <laughs> laughing about that. Um, I wanted to see more of Negasonic and mm-hmm. Yukio. Yeah, me too. I would love to hey, hi, Wade. get a hi, bigger Yukio. dose. Yeah. Um, so I would have loved to see more of them, um, but, you know, what can you do? Yeah, uh, the fox can only afford so many X Men. But so, where do you stand with the movie overall? I like it much better than the first. Yeah. Um, now that I've recently watched both of them, and I thought it was a fantastic experience. Yeah. Um, so I will be sad if we don't get to see more Deadpool. As confusing mm-hmm. it w- will be. Yeah. The further we get with the MCU, um, but it was excellent, and I'm looking forward to seeing it a third time. Cool. Um, but let's talk about something different. Yeah. What did we just do before we sat down to record this podcast, let's Gordy? Let's see. What did we do? What have we done today? Well, did we go see We went and a saw movie? a movie. Ooh. So we are now caught up in all 10, if you can imagine, Star Wars movies. Yes. Uh, we went and saw Solo. So, uh, so preface this. This is the first. This is the first Star Wars movie in... Our lifetimes. Our adult, our capable lifetimes mm-hmm. that we didn't see it opening night. We didn't camp out for it. We didn't make an event of it. Yeah. We were like, eh, meh, let's wait. Let's so wait. we waited a couple of days. We went and saw it on the, as of recording this, this is Sunday. Came out on Thursday night. Yeah. Weird, huh? Super weird. And we've been waiting to discuss it all day. So let's yeah. just uh, dig into the discussion. Um, okay. Did you like it? <laughs> That's a tough question to answer so um i have gripes i have things i liked about it um now to be fair totally okay to have gripes now i know always that we always have very unique star wars discussions because yeah. we're always on different planes spectrums yeah though we ne- fully agree in part mostly on last jedi but i think this film's totally fine to have gripes because the movie in itself is a gripe in his existence like it's like yeah. why that's the thing is it, it, the movie from its inception i was like but why but why? why do i need to see where han solo came from that's not the stories that i want disney to be telling it's not the stories they should be telling but it's the story we got and there was things about the movie that i really enjoyed there mm-hmm. was things about the movie that i did not enjoy yeah and now let's talk about them. Okay. I don't know where to begin with this. This is so, such an interesting subject. Overall impression for me, and then we'll get yours. Overall impression is that this is, um, it had good things and it had bad things. And I'm left in a neutral <laughs> position walking out of the theater. Okay. Let's break it down with this. The biggest concern everyone had was the casting of Han Solo. Alden. With Alden. Dude, I best thought part of the movie I almost. thought he was fine. Yeah. I thought he did a really good job. Yep. In fact, there was moments, there was moments where I was like, that's a fucking Harrison Forty thing yeah. to do. Oh yeah. Um I thought he did a really good job. Everyone's fears were completely unfounded with that. Um He's not Harrison Ford. He's not Harrison Ford, he's and he not. never will be, but he was Han Solo. 
He and did. That was he what, did. That's well. what was important. He did really well. Uh, Donald Glover did a great job as um, Lando. There they, was, in they fact, each had those moments. I didn't know. They? There was moments when. I, like I even leaned over to you at one point. I was like, he, "That sounded just like Lando." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, just the, the way they, they delivered lines and stuff. They did a, the 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 actors did an excellent job with what they had. Um, my beef was not with them. Yeah, my beef absolutely. was with the story. Really, was uh, yeah. There's a couple elements too that you could pull right out of the movie that would make it instantly better. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the robot. Oh, just man. pulling her right out of that movie. She was not. She was. She was. There was no. I, no. K two S O was a fantastic snarky yeah. robot. We didn't need another snarky robot that couldn't deliver up at least to that point. To that level. Um, with the five minutes of screen time that she had. Yeah. Uh, just a useless character. I thought the, um, the dynamic of becoming close with Beckett and Solo mm-hmm. was just really missed the mark. Rushed. Though I liked Harrison Ford. I think he did. Or yeah, I love Harrison Ford. But yes, no, I, lo- I love Woody Harrison. Yeah. He, Harrelson? What the fuck is his name? Woody. Harrelson. Her- not Harrison. Anyway, motherfucker did a fine job with what yeah. he was given. He's always really good at movies. Um, but I just, I, I felt like the chemistry, while they had okay chemistry, they, they didn't, weren't, didn't have enough to work with to, mm-hmm. they were like just instantly close. Yeah. Uh, the passage of time, I think, was problematic. I think that, so my biggest gripes are um, robot all of the dynamics that were attached to the thread of the robot. And then my biggest gripe, I think besides the music is, um, the element of the movie Han Solo. When we meet Han Solo, he's an, he's an established character with a backstory that is mysterious to us. He is uh, very negative and pessimistic. Luke Skywalker, you know, is like, Oh, that's sad that you, you know, think this way. And mm-hmm. you know, the world's a great place. He's a very, he's a very large pessimist. It's yeah. very cynical. And uh, so he had an established character in this movie. What I needed from it is to see either his spirit be crushed or already crushed and him to have a certain behavior. He's not a hero yet. We need to have this kind of person develop into a scoundrel that doesn't necessarily do what's right so that his redemption in a new, in, um, you know, empire and becoming a general is a big deal. And we didn't get that. We go, we have an arc within the movie that undermines everything that came after. Mm-hmm. And that, that tugged at my feelings. It's interesting. I think that you could not be more correct. Um, and it's, very infuriating from where the movie came from because mm-hmm. Lawrence Kasdan should have a better understanding of the character as yeah. he's written him like four times. Yeah. He, so yeah, that's the thing is he Han Solo ended with Han Solo being a hero. Yeah. And while Han Solo should always have the characteristics deep down of being a good person, he should have been crushed by the end of this movie to lead to the pessimistic, cynical person we have not but a decade later yeah. in A New Hope. Yeah. Um, that's where the movie should have ended off. That's where I thought it would end off. Um, before it came out, I was like, surely they'll don't something that, they'll kill they'll kill off the Kira right. character yeah. in Woody Her- in some way that will leave, leave him, him untrusting devastated. and devastated. Um, and he won't love it again until he meets. Uh, and not Princess only Leia. that. But not only that devastating pessimist, but also being a person that chooses uh, to be selfish. And he didn't choose to be selfish in this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, He helped them. Yeah. Yeah. Without even any hesitation. Without any hesitation. Um, Exactly. Um, 
So and they I think, like. I think that they were trying to convey when Kira peaced out on her weird uh, party yacht. Yeah. After she killed uh, Dryden Voss, her leaving and Han Solo watching her fly away, I think was supposed to convey him being betrayal betrayed and left yeah. and now he's like oh fuck these people fuck women or whatever but it did not come across that way it wasn't it portrayed that way because then he's uh he's a he's a scoundrel with a heart of gold already we yeah. want to see that gold yeah, be yeah, dug out it, by leia yeah exactly that's right it undermines leia's character because mm. the, that was supposed to be who essentially saved him from this life of smugglery that he's yeah, yeah. drifted into. Um, so that was, I think the movie's biggest flaw. Um, yeah. the, a lot of the plot points, the plot points that led to where we are at. And it's another, it's, it's another Disney flaw that reaches out into all of the content around it mm-hmm. and, and like affects all the other movies. Yeah. Yeah. Big flaw there. Um, but no slight against Alden and, no, and Gary. Not at all. They, they did great with what they had. Uh, on the flip side of that, though, I was happy to see a significant amount of character. I wouldn't say development, but at least screen time for Chewbacca. Dude, okay. You're right. In terms of positive character development, besides Han shooting first, that was a nice nod. That and was I was a nice very nod. happy about yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chewbacca, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I was so happy. Seeing Chewbacca in the last two uh, Star Wars movies was kind of sad for me because I love Chewbacca and he was basically left out in the rain twice. Well, I think he was okay. He was an Uber in driver Force in the last movie. Yeah, I'm not. I'm talking about Force Awakens. Oh, I think Force he Awakens. was fine in Force Awakens, but he got shafted Underused. by at the end when Leia's fucking Dude, brushed him off to the side. Oh my god, my poor to, heart yeah. to hug Ray. But I, I think that like. He had some some decent moments. I think he was utilized okay. Uh, he was not. He was completely underutilized in um, Last Jedi. Yeah, just to the point of just disgust. Yeah. Um, and so I was very happy to see that he got some time Dude, to center do stage things. in this movie. <laughs> Loved it. In fact, the best scenes with him. He had chemistry somehow. Yeah. And when he met Han yeah. and Han starts talking to him and looking, <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's good. That was that's great. Yeah, that was excellent. wonderful. Charming. Um, the only, that, that, however, the problem is, is I guess they're retconning this, but there was no life debt that Chewie owed, owed. to Han. That yeah. was always within the the yeah. the storyline that the reason he's been with Han all these years is because he owes him a life debt. Yeah. And, that, and, and in and the I extended suppose, universe, he was much younger yeah. when he met him. And I suppose that, I guess that's still conveyed, is he, Han Solo did save him, mm-hmm. and Chewie conveys that by choo- choosing not to go with the Wookiees and to stay with Han, Yeah, but it's never verbalized or touched upon that he's doing so in terms of, because it's Wookiee tradition to yeah. so have the life death. Here's a beautiful thing about Japanese cinema, and it comes down, it comes from those Kabuki plays, right? Kabuki, which are inspired by Yukioi, which is Woodblock Prince. Uh, that captured a single moment. Mm-hmm. And during a Kabuki play, like when something, a poignant part that you're supposed to know about happens, like they might hit the two wood blocks together and everyone on stage, you know, freezes. And they're like, this is where you're supposed to feel this way. This is meaningful. So they have these punctuated moments. There were a bunch of moments that should have been punctuated in this movie that just, just like that moment right there, when he made that decision, it was nuance. And if you weren't completely invested in the character, it just went. Yeah. Casual viewers that have only seen Star Wars movies and don't know what's happening with Han and Chewie and what has happened in different extended universes. 
you wouldn't have picked up on that. Yeah, exactly. Now, I was able to deduce that because of the history we have of Star Wars, but Joe Blow won't, won't be like, oh, they, he just wants to go smuggle. And that could have been yeah. a very poignant moment to a lot of people mm-hmm. if they had kind of just thought about it a little deeper and, and played it out differently. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and that's a little disappointing, but for me, uh, because I have that back, that connection with it, it was mm-hmm. still fine. Um, let's talk about fanboy service. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of it in this movie that mm-hmm. I'm always fine with fanboy fan service. Um, so the Jarek board, great callback to, okay. um, when Chewie hits the board. And yeah, he's exactly. And he's, yeah. Something you probably don't know or notice, but when he hits the board, a piece of it sparks, mm-hmm. causing the piece to disappear, which in a no hope pulls up and that piece is not on the board oh, because Chewie broke dude. it in that scene. So cool stuff like that. I love shit like That's that. That's wonderful. Um, little mini Easter eggs. I like it. The Kira is her fighting style is Terrace Kasi. Yeah, the I game. Was like, dude. That's fucking cool. Yeah. Because that was a terrible game, but it was awesome. I loved it. Was, it. it was fun. When it was, it was, was really out, fun. it was I think great. we love it through rose-colored glasses. I think if we go to play Possibly. it now, it would be not very good. But then what, what holds up, you know? True, 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 true. Mortal Kombat 2 holds up well. forever. <laughs> um, so that was awesome. Um, some very, very deep cut references that even I wouldn't have known about mm-hmm. unless I had read about it. But um, yeah. so you saw obviously the uh, idol um, from Indiana Jones. Dude, I saw that idol. Like, it was and there, was... like a ton of scenes. Yeah, yeah. Like you couldn't not, you couldn't miss it. But above that, I'm sure you noticed a big blue crystal skull that was sitting on the table. I didn't. Be- and here's Maybe why. Maybe because you weren't looking for it. Because um, things that I hate. Just maybe disappear. It was maybe I can't that's see not them? that's not what it, oh, it was wait, a reference wait, to. What is it? It's a reference. It's a huge human blue skull. Oh, okay. it's a reference to one of the novels from the eighties. Okay, that Han and Lando go on a mission to find this giant blue skull, and it's oh. like and I'll show it to you in a little bit. But that's okay. it's it's a reference to that. Okay, then, and see yeah. that's the type of references I was telling you. I was like, there's going to be just, stuff in this movie that had I not read about it, it wouldn't have come. Yeah, I don't. But know there was that the Mandalorian armor that was in Dryden Voss's room. Yeah. I'm sure you saw that. Yep. Um, he had a Sith holocron over on the other side of the room that was like barely there. I, I didn't saw it. see that. It was really that's cool. cool. All of that, the dice that tie into um, A New Hope and then again in The Last Jedi. I thought that was yeah fine. <laughs> uh, the dice was fine, but like I think they left it open-ended, like I said, because we don't know where the dice came from. We don't know where it the dice came from. It doesn't answer that question. No, not at all. And that's fine. I, there was The whole movie was questions that were answered that I didn't need answers to. Yeah. I don't need answers to the dice. That's fine. I can yeah. I can speculate on that like I've always done with Han Solo. Mm-hmm. Um the Sabacc games were really fun. Um, yeah. The, here's one thing they did fantastic work with, and hats off to Ron Howard for doing this. There was very, very little CGI creatures. Yeah. They were all practical creatures. The only CGI creature that I can think of was the co-pilot guy, the little monkey oh, yeah, guy yeah, that yeah, gets yeah, shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was a CGI. But everything else was a practical effect, a practical creature. That was there. The fucking big rah, thing on Corellia that comes out of the swamp that yeah. he's working for or whatever. Yeah. That was a, a real puppet. The puppets were there. All the puppets the uh, Lando was surrounding with in the at the Sabacc table, mm-hmm. those were all real puppets and yeah. dudes in masks. And that's the type of shit that I'm like, that's cool. And wasn't that like the aesthetic of the movie was spot on? Oh, the aesthetic was super Star Wars. And when you walked into that room and you saw Lindo surrounded by all those scoundrel, like that was great. That gave that, that was one of the moments that mm-hmm. evoked feeling. And in it's that. interesting because it's funny 
because both of the standalone Star Wars story films mm-hmm. have felt more Star Wars than the episodic Star Wars movies. Yeah. Force Awakens, of course, felt very Star Wars to me because it was basically just a remake of Star Wars A New Hope. And it had a great score. And it had a great score. But uh, Rogue One and now Solo just really captured the grit of a lived-in universe. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. Um, the Millennium Falcon didn't play as much of a character role as I thought it would. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still cool. It's interesting to see it become the Millennium Falcon. We yeah, all know yeah. love. That was all love fine that. to watch. Um, I, I, ha- I want to talk about it. Let's. Yeah. We got to talk about it. We, I want to talk about Darth Maul. Okay. okay. Um, we've we told you at the start of this. This is spoilers. You did this to yourself if you didn't know Darth Maul was yeah. in this movie. Yeah. Um, I knew prior to going to see this because I fucking eat spoilers like it's breakfast. Mm-hmm. But um, Darth Maul. Do you need me to unlock that for you? No, uh, yeah, yeah, reach over there and... Uh, you bring can't me, do it. Bring it to me! Yes. Thank you. Okay. Um, Darth Maul makes a surprise appearance at the end of this movie, and at the tail end of Act 3, after she kills Dryden Voss. Turns out that all along, Kira and Dryden Voss have been working mm-hmm. for Darth Maul. In canon, with what <laughs> has been happening on... Um, just say no. Decline? Yeah. Wow. I'm, I feel so dirty <laughs> pressing decline. Yeah. Okay. Um, Dryden so, Voss? Uh, this is in canon. If, uh, there's a lot to talk about with Darth Maul. This is going to confuse a great many people because mm-hmm. to the casual viewer, mm-hmm. they've gone and only seen the movies. This fucking figure is going to pop up on screen. They're going to be like, lean over to their wife and be like, didn't they going to get cut in half? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and wait, 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 back up. Say that one more time. Didn't that guy get cut in half? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't get it. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. What are you referencing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, uh, he got totally cut in half. Yeah. Like, um, so casual viewers are going to be confused if they don't watch the animated. Um, yeah, if you didn't watch Clone Wars, which why would you if you're like a casual fan mm-hmm. and if you didn't watch rebels you'd have no idea that Darth Maul survived his his fall into the pit and then used his hatred in the dark side to survive and got cine- uh, cybernetic legs and spider legs and became a crime a criminal underworld lord yeah you wouldn't know that but seeing it in the film you're like fuck yeah yeah fuck yeah <laughs> uh, that's um was very exciting for me in fact was the crowning moment for that that whole film for me because Darth Maul is one of my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. He was the most underused character. He got the biggest shaft of every character in Star Wars history yep. except for Boba Fett, which I will get into that here in a bit. I think they're going to fix that too. Uh, but um, now they... And the biggest fear was, is Disney ignoring the prequels? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. No, they're not. They're not. They're not. They're and they, incorporating they, they them. are incorporating it in the most surprising way possible because that was the ballsiest move to be because they know surely that they're going to confuse mm-hmm. some some moviegoers so that was a Absolutely. complete ball, ballsy move i uh yeah when i saw you know it shows like a, a hologram pop-up and then i saw a, a robotic leg and a hood and i was like like my brain i knew instantly i was like mall but like it was so weird. It was like having a seizure because it was so <laughs> unexpected. I was well, like, no I, I, I glanced over at you to see if you had any type of like Did you physical, see? and you were just like, 
And I was like, he's either like, just, I'm having a seizure. Yeah. Um, um, but, uh, yeah, dude. Um, also super cool because Ray Park got to reprise the role. Uh, mm-hmm. Sam Witwer, who has been voicing Darth Maul in Clone Wars and in Rebels, got to vo- do the lines. Mm-hmm. Um, really cool to see them bridge the two actors that are most well known for Darth Maul. I mean, yeah. Sam Witwer is Darth Maul through and through because he's voiced him in uh, the Clone Wars and he's been Darth Maul way more times than mm-hmm. Ray Park ever has. Yeah. But the physicality of Darth Maul is Ray Park. Yeah. And it's cool to see the motherfucker getting some Dude. work. Yeah. Um, now, here is the elephant in the room. This illusion of Darth Maul popping up, where he even references Clone Wars, come and visit me on Dathomir. That's Dathomir mm-hmm. is where, you know, with the Night Sister and where his people come from. It's a very deep storyline, probably the best storyline in Clone Wars. Fucking yeah. nerd boner all around. Come just come see me on Dathomir. So they're, it's right in the canon of Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was very like, okay, we'll see you in the next movie. Um, mm-hmm. You can't just fucking sprinkle Darth Maul in there, especially with uh, the notion of we're going to do more Darth Maul stuff yeah. and not come back. But here's the thing. So I think Disney shooting themselves in the foot because you, in the cartoons, you had Darth Maul come back with an excellent, excellent arc in the Clone Wars with Savage Press mm-hmm. and facing off against Darth Sidious. His brother gets killed. Mm-hmm. He goes through this huge arc, comes back in Rebels with this huge arc on a hunt for Obi-Wan and the Sith holocrons and things. Finally finds Obi-Wan on Tatooine. It's old Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. And they have an incredibly emotional standoff that's very samurai film. One slash, he's dead. Send off, Darth Maul dies, his final death. Yep. Uh, learning about Luke Skywalker. It's an incredibly powerful moment that fucking should have been a movie yeah. that they've now already done in a cartoon that now begs the question, what are they going to do if they are? Because here's the thing. They are heavily rumored that they are moving forward with an Obi-Wan movie yeah. and a Boba Fett movie. The yeah. Boba Fett movie is almost all but confirmed with James uh, Mangold of Logan doing yeah. it. Um, and then the Obi-Wan movie is, I think we're going to hear a confirmation of that at Celebration. Mm-hmm. Or even before that, celebration until next year. Uh, how the fuck are you going to do an Obi-Wan movie and have introduced Darth Maul and mm-hmm. either A, not retcon the cartoon, which would be breaking canon completely, which yeah. would be very strange and out of character for them to do, yeah, or do something that is also out of character as do a cinematic version of that exact same sequence. Yeah, I don't know how they're going to do it. weird. Oh, so I don't know, because I... I, I I can't believe that they're not going to bring back Darth Maul in some uh, sense of the word. Because also, while I was pooping yeah. upstairs before Ooh, we started good. recording, there um, was an interview with Ray Park, and he seemed to allude very heavily that he is coming back and in an Obi-Wan film. In an Obi-Wan in film? An Obi-Wan see, Obi-Wan I'd film. be fine with him not being in the Obi-Wan film. I want to see Kira and the Underworld. See, I uh, at least two of... So I've read some of the Expanded Universe, mm. and thinking back at least two of them touched base on the underworld it's a big part of the star wars Mm -hmm. canon um or uncanon i guess uh so i think it would be great to to see some of that underworld craziness some more of it without legacy characters because the every moment a legacy character is on screen is more chance for disney to kind of yeah, fucking fox it up screw screw it up they Um, can fox it up for sure with weird 
fucking timelines and shit and inconsistencies. Um, That's the thing. Star Wars has always had pretty decent consistencies. Actually, that's not true at all. They've had terrible consistencies with fucking A New Hope. Oh, Darth Vader betrayed and murdered your father. Yeah. Uh, BT, just kidding. Your father was (laughs) Darth Vader. So, sure. um, But but they could play it in a way. Uh, But in a way, I mean, that line played off really well when, when... you know, because he didn't want to tell yeah, him what really sure. happened. I think he lied. I mean, he was trying to protect Luke from his feelings and whatnot. I mm-hmm. totally get it. That's fine. Yeah. Um, but that, that's the thing that's like bugging me most. I'm like, what are you going to do now? What are you going to do now, Disney? Like, yeah. What are you going to do? <laughs> how about how about some new stuff, Disney? Um, I mean, I'm okay with. Oh, Obi-Wan. you're going to get new stuff, but you're not going to like it because it's yeah. going to be Ryan Johnson. That's yeah. the new stuff that you're going to get. Well, Ryan Johnson's trilogy is a whole. Let's skirt back so that we don't have to talk about Ryan Johnson and Sully this whole experience. (laughs) Um, And I'm going to call him Rian, just just in case, you know. Rian. Uh, What do you think about uh, a... uh, We're going to... We'll side back to uh, Solo, but really, I'm just dying to know. Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. uh, A Boba Fett movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's happening. Yeah, I'm all for it. I Because I think James Mangold's the shit. And yeah. let me tell you this, and it's not going to happen. Of course, it's not going to happen, but it could happen. Mm-hmm. What if they did an R-rated Star Wars movie? Oh, shit. Well, I'd be done with it. Because if they did a super dark, Boba gritty Fett. Boba Fett bounty hunter movie, mm-hmm. which not like fucking cursing and shit like that, yeah. but straight like Violence. killing and stuff. Yeah. Be weird. I don't know. Like, would it be weird? Like, I'm always for violence in R ratings, but when it comes to Star Wars, an R rating is like, oh, I don't. That's yeah. It's like a bizarre taste in your mouth. Probably not because James Mangold. It's they're not going to do an R rated movie, but they could do a very heavy PG thirteen movie. I think it's really cool. I think he did a great job with Logan. Um, If they can redeem the character of Boba Fett, who has basically went out like a bitch since 1983, and then came back as a young bitch in 2002. Yeah. yeah. He really has, he, I, he hasn't had his the popularity he has, I think is really kind of unmerited. Everybody saw him and they're like, who's this? He just looks well, so I don't fucking think cool. it's unmerited. I think that everybody, it was came down to the imagination. Like, can you imagine back in the seventies when they first showed Boba Fett and they're like, who is this guy? And, and uh, the, so he got built up and he's a very mysterious character. And there's really only one way they can do this movie to make me happy. And that's not make it an origin story. Just have Boba Fett being a badass Boba Fett well, that's killing a, that's folks. That's the thing is you already saw the origins of Boba Fett yeah. in Attack of the Clones. Yeah. Like though that was his but origin. I, he I, was then became Boba Fett. Exactly. But so, I don't need more of him developing. I just want to see him go out there kicking ass and yeah. being the Boba Fett that everyone the wants him things, to be. He's the only way they could do it. Is if they have it um, post episode three, between mm-hmm. three and four, him working for Darth Vader and yeah. Emperor doing shit, and it's oh, shit. younger Boba Fett. Or on the flip side, it's post episode six, and you get one of two things: you see him escaping Sarlacc Pit, going mm-hmm. on missions, or you see someone discover Boba Fett's armor and take the mantle of Boba Fett. Oh, interesting. That's a way it could go that would be upsetting. But um, but let's circle back to Solo. Yeah, 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 Solo. Uh, um. Well, it's okay because I had Boba Fett movie on the list. Oh, okay, good. So. Oh, good. We covered it. Check yeah. that one off. So uh, I want to gripe real quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the movie had a few moments in it. And before I get to the gripe, I'm building into it. Uh, the Kessel Run was my favorite part of the movie. Even it though cool. it was short, uh, it had something, it had some magic to it where 
he's shooting, you know, the, he's on the gun and uh, they're flying and we hear the asteroid field theme oh, yeah. from, mm-hmm. from the original trilogy and uh, uh, Empire to be exact. And it was magical. Yeah. It was a magical it was few very, seconds. It was, it was Star Wars as fuck. And I felt like I was watching a Star Wars movie for a little yeah. bit and I was so thrilled to get that feeling even for cool. an instant. The Kessel Run was, was real cool. Um, score wise, I thought it was interesting that they brought back that theme that they just, the cue that they just reused in uh, the, the last Jedi, the mm-hmm. bum, 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 bum. You know, they did that again. And I was like, that's you're reusing that cue again in the movie that just came out yeah, five yeah. months later. Yeah, it's um, interesting. But it's fine because I love it. But does the so my biggest gripe with this with uh, with uh, Rogue One is also in this and it's the score. It's like I feel like Disney like, you know, called up and they're like, we need a score. And they're like, well, we're spending all this money. And so they're like, well. Uh, why don't you go to a royalty-free website and hire one of them? And like they call them up. Oh, this is my big thing because yeah, it's like my time. it's uh, it's like it's royalty-free generic. It's, it's, it's not good. It's not good. Um, it, that's Star Wars has been lacking in quality soundtracks yeah. in, a, in a while. And the Force Awakens. I felt was super weak, but it is yeah, light years ahead of these other scores. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because John Williams wrote. Han Solo's theme for this movie. It's the first time Han Solo mm-hmm. had a theme. He wrote it. Uh, and, and you know, of course, it was performed by the other guy. I can't think of his name. And he yeah. wrote the rest of the score. But it's funny. I, I can't even begin to tell you what Han Solo's theme was. Like, well, it, there was, it was as forgettable as you could even yeah. imagine. And, and, you know, the man is, I mean, they basically have to reanimate him to, like, <laughs> make the movie. So, uh, to do this score. So, uh, well, he just wrote the theme, though. He didn't do the score. Yeah. But well, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you look at, like, Hayao Miyazaki, who works for Studio Ghibli and Japan, uh, in an, an interview once said, I'm getting old. And he said, as you get older, um, some of the poignancy and there's certain things that you can't do anymore. And he said, I need to make, it was before he made, uh, Mononoke Hime. He's like, I won't want to do violent movies when I'm older. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, I'll, I'm changing. And I think that, you know, the prime of John Williams is he's out of his prime and the kind what appeals to him and what's beautiful to him is not super like mm-hmm. punchy, powerful music like he did back yeah, he in the day. Yeah, for sure. I'm ready for them to, I, I want that punch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do too, but you're not going to get it. You're not going to get it for episode nine, <sighs> which is his last movie. Is Coincidentally, it? his last Star Wars movie. I mean, so he could. Is, it's going to be fine. I think he's really going to give it his all. But I think yeah, it's just going to be the only and parts that we're going to like about the score are going to be the reused cues from older movies. Yeah, exactly. Um, which I don't know if you picked it up. I but, didn't um, hear Duel of the Fates or anything like that during yeah, that part. When he when he's there, you hear the first. Dun, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah, like yeah. piano. It was really cool. Very, very light. Yeah, very light. But I was like, yeah. <laughs> um, so those are my thoughts on Solo. Yeah. It was fine. It was, it was fine. fun to watch. Completely unnecessary. But there were elements of it that. Do I like it better than The Last Jedi? I think there. That's a question for another time. Because I don't. <laughs> I don't. I have. Okay, very lost. upset with Last Jedi. I'm in the camp of didn't care for it. 
but of course you went through a huge transformation. I, it was, a it was really, very painful to watch. Really difficult for me because I yeah. couldn't admit to myself that it that I didn't like it for the yeah. longest time. And then finally, I just was like, I had like a coming of age moment, and I was like, it's not good. Yeah. I got to say it, but it does have. Kylo Ren and Rey, which are the driving points for the saga for me right now because I'm very invested in those characters. Mm -hmm. So because of them and the moments together that they had, I think were good and the best parts of the movie. Mm -hmm. I still have to maybe put it above Solo because Solo was a movie I didn't even need to see. Mm -hmm. But Solo had Darth Maul, yeah, <laughs> who was... True to fucking character. Yeah, where yeah. a I lot did. of things were true to character yeah. in Solo. Yeah, I don't know. Chewbacca. For me, Solo is well above. Yeah. However, I've seen Last Jedi six, seven times. Mm -hmm. I've seen Solo once. once. I'll need to see it a few more times to really yeah. come to terms with where it hits in my rankings. But ultimately, it probably does rank higher than oh, yeah. the Last Jedi. Um, I, that's fine. Not gonna lie. Uh, for me, Solo, even in its genericness, uh, it did manage. When I heard, you know, that song, when they're doing the Kessel Run mm -hmm. and a few other moments of charisma where he was like, Han and, and, uh, and him and Chewbacca and huh, he had that smile okay. and it, like, he must've really tried hard to get, uh, there was just those moments where they pulled the wool over my eyes and I was like, I'm watching a Star Wars movie. I feel like it's Star Wars. Even those glimpses, I didn't get that in the, yeah. So yeah, no, for sure. So I have to put it well above. Yeah, and yeah, of course, and you're totally right. Um, Ron Howard did a great job, especially if you think of coming into a movie that's 80% shot and having to start from scratch yeah. and complete it all in time to release without delaying the movie. Mm -hmm. He did a great job. Yeah, I gotta um, love Ronnie. Yeah, I love Ron. Um, good work, Ron. Good um, work. We're gonna close out the podcast. This mm -hmm. uh, Mini Zushi is a once a month podcast where we cover things happening in that month. Yeah. So we're going to, uh, that was, of course, with the thing we watched in May. What's coming out in June, June 8th, we've got Oceans 8 and Hereditary. Um, and, of course, we're only talking about the movies coming out that I want to see and that Gordy yeah. wants to see. There's yep. tons of other movies coming out. Yep. Um, Oceans 8, I think, looks really cool. Yep. Um, be I'm fun. actually pretty excited for yep. that. Hereditary, I am cautiously optimistic, but that uh, looks like that girl that we both wanted to date in high school. Mm -hmm. That weird mental-looking chick. Um, yeah. Looks like an interesting. Um, June 14th, 15th. Um, upgrade. You probably haven't seen this yet. I don't know. What I'm going to show is. you the trailer when we're done here. Mm -hmm. It's a hyper, hyper violent, um, sci-fi movie that looks fantastic. In fact, I'm going to show you the trailers here shortly. Okay. You're going to be uh, excited about it. Tag looks really funny. Tag. Have you seen the trailers for that? I don't know what tag it's even is. It's that group is. of friends playing tag. That's playing it. tag? <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, it just gets epic or it something? It looks like a Judd Apatow movie. Oh, um, okay. But it, I'll show you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, June 18th, Incredibles 2. Yeah, I could care. I, I wish less. I could get more excited. About I, I, I have no. The, in fact, the, the train, the boat sailed a long time ago. The only every time they show that trailer for Incredibles two, the last few movies we've seen, I just want to yeah. fucking kill myself. Yeah, I'm like, this is the longest two and a half movies I've ever, two and a half minutes I've ever sat through. <laughs> I, I don't want to see it. It doesn't um, doesn't appeal. But to I me. will see it because it's going to be a movie. Mm -hmm. um, and then Jurassic. June 22nd, we're going to close it out with Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, which I am excited for yeah. uh, because fucking dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Eating people and uh, shit. Dinosaurs. And that's all I need from a Jurassic Park movie. You mm -hmm. don't got to fucking get crazy. All Jurassic Park movies have been fine except for Jurassic Park 3. Somehow that was bad, probably because of the talking Velociraptors. Alan! <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, I love Jurassic Park. Jurassic yeah. Park 2, The Lost World was really fun. 
I've never seen you jump more than when that light bulb yeah, exploded. Yeah, dude. Holy shit. That light bulb scared me. <laughs> um, and Jurassic Park 3 is forgettable. I like Jurassic World quite a bit. It was really fun. It was super I mean, fun. You, you just go to the, see these movies to watch dinosaurs do dinosaur shit. Yep. And that's what I'm looking forward to. And then, of course, towards the end of June, we will do another episode of Mizushi where Absolutely. we talk about those movies and things we watched then. And then we'll mm-hmm. uh, proceed into July going forward. And then we'll probably have uh, Jake joining us for that one. Um but anyway, Gordy, that's uh, anything else you want to say? Um, you know, if you haven't seen those movies and you sat through this with <laughs> yeah, us, yeah. please go see them. <laughs> yeah, my bad. That's really weird. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, we, we've had a lot of really good stuff come out lately. And uh, yeah. so hopefully we can, uh, you know, get some more good mm-hmm. media sushi content mm-hmm. out there. Yeah, Stay good. tuned for more. And um as you know, if you're on Patreon, you can get this early. Uh, you can check it out on YouTube video mm-hmm. version, or you can download it on your favorite podcasting service around the world and listen to our voices in your ear holes. Mm-hmm. I am Adam Ronan. That to my left is Gordy McGorson. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're out. Gordy, say something real stupid. Just like say something dumb like, fucking. Nah, nah.